Welcome back, everybody, to the Comic-Con Podcast, Season 2, Episode 24, recording this on June 16th, 2022. Uh, of course, got both your hosts today, Justin, a.k.a. Nemesis Prime, and my buddy Zach. What's up, baby? What's up, everybody? Uh, glad to be back. Weekly Comic-Con Podcast episode, always one of the highlights of the week, for sure. Oh, yeah. And you know where you can find us, Spotify, Google Podcasts itunes anchor fm and of course our newest platform we got amazon music so uh let's get right into it. we have a ton of stuff to talk about we want to get through this episode we have so much so many articles so let's kind of kick it right with our um comic book section we're going to get into the comic books of course this one is just dropping over at marvel.com and zach's going to take this one because i know he's a big fan of this series yeah so um we all know there's a video game coming out here soon the midnight suns right um and we've been getting a lot of screen like uh, trailers, teasers, and whatnot for the game. But it looks like they got a little bit of a mini-series coming to comics as well. So the article is from Marvel.com, and it's titled The Midnight Suns Rise Again in New Comics Series. So coming in September, Ethan Sachs and Luigi Zagaria assemble a new team of mystical heroes at Midnight Suns number one. So Marvel's fiercest mystical defenders will be called upon to battle a dangerous new enemy in a new limited series by writer Ethan Sachs and artist Luigi Zagaria. Midnight Suns will embrace the legacy of the original fan-favorite series with a new lineup that reflects today's Marvel Universe. The team's new iteration will consist of Blade, Kushala the Ghost Rider, also known as the Speed Spirit Rider, Magic, Wolverine, Nico Minu, how do you pronounce her name? Minoru from uh, mm -hmm. Runaways, yep. and Zoe Laveau, the breakout character from Strange Academy. So they describe this as a dark prophecy and apocalyptic new villains with horrifying powers, the likes of which Earth has never faced before, ordains a new team of Midnight Suns to rise and tear shit up. But what does this new threat have to do with the Sorcerer Supreme's past? And why is Strange Academy student Zoe Laveau number one on the Suns list? So, yeah, man, this, this looks really cool. Um, the description, <laughs> it's so funny. Like they put out stuff like Mar Marvel's fiercest mystical defenders will be called upon, right? Wolverine yeah. has never been one of Marvel's fiercest mystical defenders. Like, honestly, like, I love the lineup. The lineup's great. I love all the characters in this. But they they looked at it, right? And they're like, oh, shit, okay. I don't know if Blade can carry a title. I don't know if Magic can. Obviously, this new Ghost Rider doesn't have it. We need we need a big guy. Bring in Wolverine. He's basically <laughs> just like the Band-Aid for anything Marvel. You know what I mean? It's either him or, him or Spider-Man. Throw him in, and it should survive based on them. So, um. Yeah, you know, it, it could be cool. Um, I like the Midnight Suns. I like anything Ghost Rider, obviously. Um, all the supernatural stuff. Like you said, Magic is a great character. More um, focus on her is awesome. Um, Ethan Sachs, I'm, I'm interested to kind of see him write outside of uh, Star Wars because I feel like that's really all he's been writing lately mm -hmm. to actually kind of ta uh, tackle some of like the Marvel mainstay characters. would be very interesting. So, um you know, obviously, this is just going to be a uh, one through five, or sorry, five issue miniseries, probably to highlight the video game as well and kind of bring new people into that and kind of, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Prepare themselves, really. Prepare and promote off of this and kind of, you know, get on, get a little bit of extra success off the video game. So, uh, yeah, man, what do you think? You, you, you know, uh, I'm actually, yeah, it, it's definitely interesting because, you know, I'm a big magic fan, <clears throat> magic as in the character and magic as in the ability. And so our game yeah of course so it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> terrible um it's really it's interesting because yeah the the dynamic of the team if you take away wolverine i probably would i would be definitely happy with this right but you know putting in zoe who you know like they said is is from strange academy you know, a new character getting a little mini series spin off and i'm sure we're going to see her again in strange academy 
season two or series two, whatever the next semester is, whenever that comes out. But yeah, I'm excited to see this because it's, you know, it's going to be five issues. So it's not something that like you really have to right. worry about getting into and, oh man, I'm in 10, 15, 20 issues down the line. It's quick. It's simple. Right. Uh, yeah. I would even like to see, they may even do like they've done these Marvel Fortnite books too with mm -hmm. the, the codes. Maybe you'll get like a code to download a character or, you know, like special costumes that they've been mm -hmm. doing, especially with the a crossover with Fortnite. So yeah, interesting stuff. And like you said, uh, you know, Ethan's been doing the Star Wars Bounty Hunters for a while now. Uh, I'm really interested to see this. Um, the cover is awesome. They got a cool, badass cover from David Nakayama. Uh, it comes out in September, like Zach said. And, um, you know, I think that that's really that's really much it. I, 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 I agree with you. I honestly kind of almost would be more excited about this if you took out Wolverine, to be honest with you. Like, let some of these other characters kind of like grow and, and, and kind of take the spotlight. Like, uh, did you ever read like Avengers Arena and then um, Avengers Undercover? It was kind of like uh, Dennis Hopeless did a little mini series and it had Nico in it. And it was all kind of like students from across the Marvel Universe and they were put yep. on an island. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah, they had the shit. tournament. Yeah, like Dark yeah, Murder World and all that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Nico's great character, man. Like Nico is an awesome character that I feel like also doesn't give enough, get enough of her own um, spotlight, so to speak, you know? So. Sometimes you bring in these big heavy hitters and the big names like Wolverine and stuff. And they, I don't know, man, they, they can overshadow the other characters, which kind of sucks. So, yeah, I feel like that was the same thing with like Savage Avengers, like volume one. Like, right. That series could have done fine without Wolverine, but it's like you bring in Wolverine just to sell more copies because there's such a big influx and fan favorite of him. So it's right. like the only way really people would check this out is, hey, it's a Wolverine. Let's put him in there. Like, because the other, you know, five characters, like you said, they may not be able to hold their own title. But hell, like throw Wolverine in there, right? Yeah, right. No. Cool. I'm excited about that. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, so that comes out in September. So uh, moving on, we got some uh, some indie stuff to talk about for comic books. And this one is actually just over at CBR.com. This was posted on uh, the 14th. Exclusive coming on CBR.com. IDW's Crashing, that's the name of the title, combines the boys' superhero extreme gasm with Nurse Jackie medical drama. So... Interesting stuff. It's a mini series. Um, like I said, part boys, part nurse Jackie from the writer of Matthew Klein. Um, this is really interesting stuff. So it's coming out in September. The series combines elements of a medical drama with a superhero story that takes readers from an unpredictability wild ride. And the synopsis, as it's read, is less than 10 years into her rehabilitation. Recovering addict Rose Osler is one of a handful of doctors in the United States who specialize in treating powered individual human beings. Embowed uh, with a range of incredible and, according to some, functional, functional, functionally dangerous superhuman abilities, amid a sudden rising by of violence and chaos apparently provoked by their by these powered citizens, uh, Rose struggles to balance the ghosts of her past with mounting pressure of her professional responsibilities, all while fighting to hold her strained marriage together and avoid the lore of getting high. <laughs> all right, so we all know what the boys is about, right? So. Right. You know, I'm excited. And we're going to talk about boys later on in this episode. So I thought this was a, a perfect thing. But this sounds really interesting. Like, it's all about, you know, heroes, uh, self-control, having, like, sacrifices that they're going to have to take. And, you know, being in, like, a medical profession, you know, we get that, right? Like, we get the whole problems that we've dealt with throughout COVID. You know, people, a lot of men mental instability. And now you throw always that mental instability with like superheroes and people having powers. Like, 
This could be a really interesting miniseries, I think, and especially because they're already promoting it as uh, part of the boys. I mean, I'm excited for this. Um, what about you, man? Yeah, you know, I'll definitely check it out. Um, I do find it interesting. Didn't we just talk about this not so long? It seems like IDW has kind of been getting rid of titles. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, like, it's it's good to see that they've got something coming out, something new, something fresh. Um, and I think just like we said earlier on the um, on the Midnight Suns, you know, it being kind of like just a mini series, it, it almost gives you a little bit more buy-in. Like, you don't have to be super invested in it. It's not, you know, going to go necessarily like a whole. 50 issues or something like that but um it's definitely worth checking out you know um I, I like the adult stuff for sure it's great and um tying it into you know the thing about it is like superpowers obviously is like so hard to relate to we all love to we'd love to relate to superpowers <laughs> but then when you tie it into you know real life stuff like the boys does and like this title is going to you know um like economical issues or addiction and stuff like that. It does make it a little bit more grounded and makes sense. Cause you're like, you know, it's more real. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, definitely check it out. You know, uh, we'll see how yeah, it goes. It's interesting. Like you said, like IDW is losing all these uh, franchises like GI Joe transformers, right. star Wars. So now it's like, it would be interesting to see if like, kind of how, you know, like boom studios was just a stu- you know, it was just there. And then all of a sudden it became like this great big, company mm-hmm. we like to i'd like to see if idw can actually take that to the next level like with all these you know more indie titles because they really don't do too much of out of the norm of right. already franchised series because it's like turtles gi joe transformers sonic like it's all stuff that's already existing so for them to kind of divulge into all these little mini series and be more of like an independent company we could see maybe like a resurgence in like 2023 or 2024, like IDW really coming up as another big player where yeah. we never thought that they were anything, but were to land some eighties and nineties cartoons. You know, it really could be that that's actually like why they got rid of these things because maybe, I mean, we don't know how it works behind the scenes, you know, but like having those franchises, like GI Joe transformers, I'm sure there's clauses in there and whatnot, that these are like, you have to always have some kind of an ongoing with that. And so Obviously, companies like IDW and the smaller ones don't have the uh, the bandwidth or the money as like mm-hmm. Marvel and DC do. So it's like, well, shit, man, all of our time and energy is tied up with these things we have to do. Our money makers as well, the G.I. Joe, the Turtles, the Transformers, they probably were like, look, honestly, those are their three big ones, right? Turtles, Transformers, G.I. Joe's. They probably looked at them and were like, Turtles is the most profitable. Let's cut the other two. And let's start to maybe like revamp. And like you said, maybe be like a new boom studios, like who doesn't have any obligation, so to speak with these franchises. Um, I mean, where did we, I know we talked about this. Did they go to dark horse? Where did uh turtle, I mean, uh, transformers and GI Joe go? Yeah, they're all going to go. It's all going to go to dark horse. So uh, and see, it seems like maybe dark up, horse is run the end of the year. That. And then, yeah, it's going to run out to the end of the year and then go over there so yeah dark horses maybe leaning into hey look give us the franchise that's all we want to do the easy buck whatever you know good for them because mm-hmm. i mean that's what it seems like they're building up that roster right i mean dark horse has star wars again they got the predator alien stuff still no no that's back at marvel right no, yeah that's Marvel. um anyway but yeah so it'd be interesting to see what happens with idw moving forward be on the lookout for more stuff from IDW. I guess that's really the best thing to look at. Like, dude, it's like solicitations. A, like, I'm yeah. sure people are normally like when I check out solicitations, especially like when I'm doing my monthly ordering. The only thing I was ever going to IDW for was Transformers and Star Wars. And now that Star Wars, like High Republic and Star Wars Adventures is gone, I don't really need to look at IDW. But now it's like, hey, maybe I should be checking it out. You know, 
obviously the only other indie type of book is uh of course the kill lock uh done by right. you know livio because who's been on here and but that's it like i literally just now click on one book and that's only and that's a mini series so once it's seven issues like what else am i going to be really picking up but now i guess i do have another reason to just kind of check into those solicitations each month yeah it might end up being the uh i mean like right now we talked about millions of times you, you want to pick up like every number one boom studios right it could be yeah. that this is the jumping on point for any number one idw so uh issues so mm -hmm. so uh we've done marvel we've done indie so now let's get some dc news for some comic books so coming over there's another comic book article at cbr.com and this is actually coming out of today on june 16th so tim drake lands a new solo robin series spinning out of his pride special story so this past week we just saw the DC Pride special for Tim Drake. It's a one shot. It's got about five different stories in it. Um, there's about four of them that are the same. It's kind of continuations. And then there's one that kind of involves him and and Batman, which is very interesting. But uh, coming in September and launching out of, of course, the Batman Urban Legends in this, we're going to get our first ongoing series for Tim Drake that hasn't we haven't seen in quite a long time. You know, the Robin series has always been mainly tim drake from the 90s all the way up until like pre-new 52 we had that thing ran like 180 issues i think and i had them all and i still think i have all of them i gotta look in all my long boxes but great series uh of course now you have the robin series with damien which is fantastic we've seen a few series come from him but this one is being announced for of course tim drake launching in september coming from writer uh megan it's Martin, of course, who's doing the Batman Urban Legends and also the Dark Crisis Young Justice and artist uh, Riley Rosemay, who does, of course, the Harley Quinn current stuff as, you know, the artist on that side. So synapsis, of course, this kinetic high energy series pulls Tim Drake center stage as a mysterious over a year in the making takes shape. A new villain who's been hounding Tim from afar decides to take up personal and close, close up and personal putting Bernard and everyone who Tim cares about in peril. All that and Tim finally carves out the corner of Gotham City just for himself and sets up shop in his very own Murder Shack boat. So, um, I I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, um, I'm a huge Tim Drake fan because and I, and I read the DC Pride special and it's very, it's it's tough because the DC Pride special there's a, there's a storyline that is continuing with Bernard and also this villain called chaos who looks pretty badass and it's awesome, but there's obviously a situation that we've seen and it's finally kind of, it's in there with, with him and Stephanie Brown. And if you are a longtime DC reader, Stephanie Brown and Tim Drake have always been a thing. They've dated on and off. Obviously Stephanie was a Robin for a time and there's always been that back and forth with them, even in animation. Like we've, we've seen it in some of these DC animated shows and, I don't think movies have really been there, but animated shows we've seen. And, you know, I, I really don't know where they're going to take this character now. Like he came yeah. out way back in urban legends as, as a bisexual, you know, like I said, he previously dated Stephanie Brown, even Cassie said, Mark wonder girl. And now all of a sudden they're like changing this character completely around. And I, I don't know. It just, this series may not do it for me, even though I was a huge Tim Drake fan. Probably my second favorite Robin. No, third favorite Robin. I know that's putting it down on the list, but Tim was always a cool Robin, especially in the early 90s before they introduced Damien and brought back Jason Todd. Like, right. he, was, he was always the best Robin, in my opinion, in that time frame. And then obviously now they, there's Damien, but I just don't know how I feel about this title, man. What about yeah. you? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I think we've talked about this before in terms of some other characters, maybe even with Tim Drake. Um, 
like it's hard, man, because I have no problem with obviously any character that's LGBTQ or whatever, you know, out there come, coming out or, you know, I, I get it. Like you got to have representation. You want to try to appeal to people. You want the readers to feel like, oh, hey, this is, you know, like I can relate to this character. Um, and like I said before, though, you have to understand there is a risk when you do it with characters like longstanding characters like Tim Drake who people have already bonded with and already have like an investment in. And then you come and you, you change them in such a large way. I mean, this isn't like a costume change. I mean, this is a lifestyle personality. This affects everything for this character fictional, obviously. But the problem is when you, when you do that, it's not like they just come out. It's not like it's what we've noticed in comics moving forward with characters like, um, Alan, uh, Alan, um, Oh God, Alan Scott, Iceman, um, characters that are part of the LGBTQ community, their characters are now written as that being one of the main things they have to be written about. Like you can't just say, you don't just have a character and say like in passing, Tim Drake might make a comment to, to you know, whoever, let's say Red Hood. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm actually bisexual. I, I like guys and girls. Boom, move on. Now every story is something that really highlights the fact that he's bisexual. You have to like invest in it. And it's actually like a part of the character. And then it becomes part of the core of the character. You know what I mean? So you take away from what other stories were being told rather than, you know, just to highlight this issue, which, or this situation with his life or his, his partner's choice. And I don't agree with it. Um, I'm going to say something that might be moderately controversial. I don't think anyone special. I don't think your choice of partners sexually, whether it's man, woman, female, uh, doll, whatever you're into, doesn't make you special as a person. Love who you want to love and move on. And everyone should accept that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make you an interesting person because you love the same sex, the opposite sex, both sexes. Like, mm -hmm. Come on, man. That's just, that's just, you're, that's you love who you love. That's love, you know? So I think it's tricky, man. It's tricky. And uh, here's the other problem I see coming with this is we just got Tim Drake in Titans, right? So we had mm -hmm. him last season. We know he's going to be a bigger part of this next season moving forward. Now, is he going to, is that also going to affect like, so when he was brought into the story, the stuff with urban legends, Tim Drake being bisexual had not occurred yet. Right. So they had their own storyline planned out with Tim Drake, probably like, Oh yeah, we're going to introduce him. He'll be the Robin now moving forward. And now this change in the comics has affected his character to such a topic that is, you know, controversial. You've now kind of tied the hands of the show. Are they going to have to be like, oh shit, okay, now we got to make this guy bisexual as well. And that takes up our storytelling. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and the same thing goes for the upcoming Gotham Knights video game. Like, right. Where are they going to put him? What, what's his like synopsis and bio in, in that? Like Tim Drake has always been a great Robin. Like I, and even like the Robin series was never like that. There wasn't, it wasn't a constant where there had to be like a female character or a significant other in his storyline. And then remember when like they did rebirth, the detective comics run mm -hmm. that whole like Batwoman, Clayface, Tim. Oh, it's the best detective. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely run. amazing. Tim was awesome. Yeah. Like he was just so, he's just so freaking smart. And obviously that was like Tinian writing it. One of the best, like detective comics was kind of like, you know the scott snyder stuff is absolutely epic mm -hmm. the new 52 was it was interesting the beginning with like the tony daniels and the joker and doll maker and then it kind of like it kind of just settled there like it was detective but of course batman was like the highlight of new 52 right but when rebirth came i loved reading 
Detective Comics. For sure. It was coming out every two weeks. It had great characters. It had great chemistry, great storylines. And yeah, and Tim was just awesome. And now it's like you're really changing this all around for such a character that's been established for so long. I could see if it was a character that didn't have, uh, you know, you didn't know, right? Like kind of like a background character that they're kind of pushing forward and like, okay, now they're going to, you know, push them as a bisexual, whether they're female and now they really want to, you know, have something with another female or male and they want to go after another male. That's fine. Like we said, that completely no problems, but these characters have been so mainstream. And it, again, he's, he's dated several high class yeah. <laughs> super heroines in the DC universe. So it's just, right. I don't know, man, I don't know how this is going to go going forward and how long it's going to go because 180 issues is a long time. Right. Right. Yeah. Like when was the last time we saw like a, mid like a b or c level character run like a long series like that batman's one thing like batman's always gonna have like an ongoing series but like tim drake and even like nightwings those two series they ran a whole lot longer than maybe they should have or maybe they really were that well they've written that well so mm-hmm. i don't know how it's gonna be come september but you can get your first issue on sale f- september 27th um of course they're gonna have some varied covers as well um Check them out. Again, the article is over at CBR.com. So we were just talking about the boys or a boys type of comic book earlier. Um, Before we get into our one little article for some DC uh, TV and movie stuff, of course, we're at the mid-season point for the boys on Amazon Prime. Um, Four episodes in, four episodes left. And I don't even want to talk about episode for obi-wan kenobi that was amazing this past week (laughs) but we're talking about the boys amazon prime um we're probably going to spoil some stuff right zach yeah i mean we're doing our mid-season review so yeah yeah, i mean we're going to talk about the first four episodes you know without pulling any punches yeah (laughs) yeah so if you have not watched the boys yet and if you're not caught up skip over this little par we're probably gonna be talking about it for good like 10 15 minutes but um the boys season three uh picks up what like a year after the end of season two yeah it seems like it right yeah yeah because uh you got huey he's kind of now working for this government organization that kind of stops the supers but in a more diplomatic way right Um, it's like policing them pretty much yes exactly like butcher and the crew um some of them are still there some of them are, are kind of put their past aside but man um that first 15 minutes of episode one we're gonna get right into it um The butcher's crew kind of goes after a superhero that's kind of like ant-man and they you know they completely do the thanos joke uh, where you know why didn't ant-man just kind of go inside somebody and uh you know enlarge himself and yeah, um a little different though the thanos uh, yeah. was a different body part that this this hero went into which was so weird <laughs> you're has this ever happened in the comic so with this character um oh man what was his name uh Tiny Tim, I don't know. <laughs> shrinky dude's name. Uh, yeah, like you said, the little the Ant-Man guy. Anyway, um, there is a scene in, I believe it's in um, Herogasm. So there's definitely some differences between the comics and the show, and they're both great. You should definitely read the comics. Um, Queen Ma- Maeve's character in the comics, which actually they kind of touched on in, in one of these episodes that, that we're talking about, she kind of says something to uh, Starlight. She says... I know everyone thinks I I wake up every morning hungover and buried under like an orgy of men. And in the Mm. comics, that's exactly how she wakes up every morning. Like that's the truth. That's really who her character is. 
And um, I believe it's in Herogasm. She's there and she's hanging out. And uh, the shrinky guy shrinks down and goes inside her uh, woman area and is kind of doing the same thing he's doing in episode one here, <laughs> pleasuring inside. So, uh, yeah, we do see that in the comics a little bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely wild. Just going through the, you know, the head of the penis and he's <laughs> snorting coke and sneezes and just <laughs> so it's gruesome, like, man. What the hell are we watching? This entire here? season. I mean, obviously the first episode, but just everything that that's been happening this season. Um, I mean, obviously the whole, like, it's funny. And I don't know, again, I've never read it. So I just go into it each episode mm -hmm. and, and having fun. So like when they do the whole, like, uh, do you want to be a superhero, which is kind of like a spin off of, you know, any type of reality show. Like, right. is that also very similar to the comics or. Um, not specifically like that. If it's been a while since I've read it, but it is kind yeah. of like in the comics, the first season we really only got the seven, right? I think they mm -hmm. they kind of talked about there being other teams, but it very much is set up almost like think of like um, Major League Baseball in the comics. You have like your Major League team, obviously the seven, and then there's smaller teams that feed into it that you can graduate through. So it's like maybe it's more like actually like school, you know, like elementary and you get the middle school team, the high school team, college, and then the majors. Um, so it is more like that, and they do – they do have promotions and stuff. I don't remember, and I could be wrong, but I don't remember there being any kind of like a reality show, but it's perfect. I mean, it fits, like I said, the, the differences between the comics and the uh, the show are, there's there's quite a few and they are like different, but it's still, it still matches the theme of both. You know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Like sometimes you have people like, oh, let's change the comic and the source material so much and try to do our own thing. And it doesn't work. But what they've been doing here, if they were to put an issue out in the comic, it would have felt just right. You know, like they're still following the theme of the comic. So I think that's why both I haven't heard anyone really complain, you know, about the yeah, comics I, in the show. I, I, I have definitely never heard anything either. And it's just like everything that they do. I feel like everything in the seat in the you know first two seasons and now into this third season is what they do is is everything that's kind of going on like in real life. So like right. things that they bring in, it's you can relate to. It's not like just like you said, like taking it, like doing like The Walking Dead. Like The Walking Dead has always been straight from the comics. They've never really veered away from everything. They've never really included anything that's like been happening. But like they say certain things in these episodes that you're like, oh, oh. yeah, I get that because it's real. It's actually really happening. In it's real very, life. it's very political this season. Like, but not political in the way like, oh god, they're taking a side. I feel like they're throwing punches at all sides, which I appreciate mm -hmm. because both sides, all three sides, all nine sides, whatever, they're all stupid, dude. They're all stupid. And I really appreciate the fact that they go in here and like throw punches and take little digs at like politics and politicians and in like the society, our society in general, and the things that we allow and like how bullshit it is you know like like you said like the reality show it was like oh man who got selected but you could see behind the scenes they choose yep. and then it's all of a sudden oh, the deeps here you know like what the <laughs> hell dude like i hadn't even been in the show like it's total bullshit um yeah uh of course i think and then getting into like the newer characters and even it's just obviously even the opening scene you have charlerice theron you know playing stormfront right. um which was just like so cool because we recently just saw her of course spoiler in Doctor Strange, if you haven't mm -hmm. seen it already. So, like, they're really bringing like these high level actors and actresses, just even if it's like a one off. Um, but this season's all about like Soldier Boy and his, you know, team. And we've seen some crazy things mm -hmm. happening, like with Butcher, like taking the V, the temporary V, right. and like really ripping into gunpowder. 
uh, which is wild. Yes. Uh, which did you recognize? Did you see who realized who that was? That's a dude from like Boondock Saints. Sean Patrick. Oh my Finer god! Yeah. I I know it's crazy. He's got all that like facial hair, and he's he's obviously older. Um, yeah, yeah. He like a thicker face, but yeah. It's and then like when um, Homelander like kills Supersonic, dude. So let's let's. Oh, first off, the guy's name was Termite, the shrinking dude. Okay. But um, let's talk about Homelander. Honestly, the um. Oh God, mind blank here. The the actor um Anton uh Anthony Anthony Starr, dude. Mm-hmm. He should win some kind of an award. Like he is disturbing as Homelander. Like in his just I love how he's like breaking, kind of like it's almost like he's breaking, but he's not breaking because he's like, Look, dude, I'm actually just gonna stop hiding who I am, you know. Because the first two seasons, it was like you could see a break going on where he was like mm-hmm. struggling to be Homelander what you saw and then who he really was. But this season, he's just like, fuck it. Here it is. <laughs> this is me, man. And I, it's, it's disturbing. It is scary. And I think this actor, Anthony Starr is just crushing it, dude. Um, I can't believe it's honestly, I don't know. Amazing, amazing acting. Yeah. There's some things that he said, like on his, like uh, his breakout speech mm-hmm. that I feel like really hits everything. Right. right. Yeah. Like, so, you know, and of course, then his ratings go up and, you know, I uh, forget the, the the publicist's name, but, you know, she's just like, oh, yeah, she's like, you're up at, you know, this percentage now. And that's how that everybody likes them. Right. It's all right. it's all based on like how their views are and how much, you know, almost like of exactly like politicians, like, oh, their approval rating is at, you know, 98 percent or you right. know, you, you're almost like the comic this. book, the comic book community and the influencers. Right. Yeah, it, how many just, views they get and how many? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly how that. What not sales they get? Yeah. So, so uh, but there's so many cool characters that like I've, that I recognize. Like uh, when they obviously going hunting like for gunpowder, or they're trying to look for look for Soldier Boy. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, you know, like you said, gunpowder. Uh, I said gunpowder, and he's the guy from Boondocks. Aids. Um, what's her name? Crimson something like Crimson Cougar or something. Yeah, from uh, Lori Lori Holden. From yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like. I'm like, she looks so familiar. And I'm just like, and then I hear her voice and I'm like, oh my God, that's uh, Aria from uh, Walking Dead. Like, and it's, it's cool how they're like, like versions of like, you know, famous MC. Well, not, I don't want to say MCU, but obviously MCU is the most popular comic books, you know, franchise out there. And she's mm-hmm. very much like a Scarlet Witch. You know what I mean? So it's like they're, and you got gunpowders like a, you know, he's pretty much like a, a combination between, I feel like Hawkeye and Bucky in a way, you know, just mm-hmm. a kind of a, basic dude no real powers necessarily and the sidekick and um yeah man the soldier boy stuff it's gonna be really good i think like i love how they've been setting him up as like he's gonna be bad dude he's gonna be real bad yeah he definitely looks badass from when he first appears uh at the end of the most latest episode uh episode four but Mm -hmm. did you see the thing i think it was on it was like a couple weeks ago i remember reading about it i think i saw on like on instagram it was like the deep the guy who plays the deep, he gets like uh yeah, hate mail from, from Aquaman fans. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's fucking great. Oh man. <laughs> How about uh, the I love the deep. I love the deep. Oh yeah, he's so cool. He's so good. Uh the guy actually I feel like I I, I could do without at this point, who just kind of sucks and just feels like he's there's A train. Um I don't think oh, like yeah. they're doing a ton with this character, but dude, the deep coming back and uh that whole scene where he has to eat the the squid. Oh, yeah, that was like hard to watch, dude. <laughs> it was horrible. 
No, I like. I think all the characters have their own thing. Like, obviously, you get the like a little bit of the origin of Black Noir. Like, right from like the '90s, yeah. you see him like with his mask yeah. off, and he's got you know he's a he's a black kid, and I, I forget what's his name says something to him, and you'll never you never see his face again. Um, so that's but, a breakaway uh, from the series. I mean, do you know in the in the original in the comics, like the whole history of Black Black Noir? Did did you ever no. hear that? I, so I don't. I haven't read anything. Like, I've never like deep dived into any character so the big twist is that he's don't ruin it no don't ruin it okay okay no don't so ruin he's, it there's a big twist with him which apparently they are not going that route in the show which is kind of interesting it's cool because now we don't know what's going to happen down the road which i kind of appreciate okay i'd rather well once it happens then we can talk about it oh no i mean it, it's happened like it's it's not happen. it's not gonna oh. happen all right so then, then all right now you can talk about that okay oh, okay then well then me. so in the comics he's a clone of homelander and he has the same and he's kept there as like the check for Homelander. Oh. So he has basically the same powers as Homelander. And you, that's why you never see his face or anything. And Vought has put him in the seven as like the check if Homelander ever breaks bad. And so at the end of the series, it does like Black Noir kind of like loses his mind and starts attacking. And I, I if I believe if I remember correctly, Butcher and Homelander have to team up and fight him. Hmm. Um but yeah, right, so yeah, obviously going completely different, right? Which is cool. Like I think, yeah, yeah, and that's good. I mean, that's something that I'm sure throws a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. um, what else? The uh, I like the A train stuff is pretty funny. Like when he he decides to you know get his uh, right. his his black roots and like the social is like you've never been. Yeah. He's like you've never been into uh, any of this culture stuff, and then he's right. like. He wants to have like the video game and it was like a slave video game. And I'm just, yeah, and they right. look at him like, what? It's like pulling, pulling slave ships or some shit. Like, yeah. yeah it's just like, what? Well, and I love too how it plays off the, the reverse. That's what I love about the show is it hits both sides. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it shows the, the joke, like where he has that commercial and he's like, yeah, let's do peace. And then he's yep. selling an energy drink. You know, like, what the <laughs> fuck does it have to do with like social issues, bro? Like, uh, it's just, it's so funny. I love how, uh, I love how just, uh, what's the word? I'm irreverent. The show is so. Yeah. Um, so it, it's definitely, if you're not watching the boys, you're, you're doing a service. I think this season is definitely the best. And I still need to really go back and watch that animated diabolical. Yeah. I only watched the first episode. Yeah. I see. Like I never, I never did that, but, um, you know, and even like the breakouts, you know, the breakout characters, you know, I, I think, um, what's her name who plays starlight? Like, she's, yes. Oh, she's, she's great. Well, she's awesome, beautiful. Like yes. Um, and then even like what they did with uh, what's I think it's her name, Arena, the chick who has like the mind who can explode her people's minds. Her oh head. yeah, the uh, the one who's like the head of the organization. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't think. I think that's her name. But like she's like crazy. Like mm -hmm. from like because you get about you get an or origin story. Oh, Victoria, that's her name. Victoria. Um, yeah. Yeah, you get like a background on her and like what her her story is all about. And even like when you think that, you know, what she's going to do and then she ends up betraying like her quote unquote father uh, mm -hmm. is really interesting. And I don't know, if, again, if that's something that's kind of like done in the comic books. No, but... not really. Not that okay. I remember. So, yeah, it, it's all it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I like I'm the excited. guy. What's the dude's name who just got brutally murdered by Homelander? The fast oh, guy? Supersonic. Supersonic. Like, um. Yeah. Even him, like I really liked his character. Uh, it's just because they play off the boy band thing. It's like. so great! It's so great! I mean, it's like hard. He always play that stupid song in the background whenever he's yeah, on yeah. the scene, pretty much. Um, but yeah, like I liked his character, and you can see, I really like the fact that it's so they're all superheroes, 
And I really think they're leaning heavy into it this season is they're all superheroes, but they are all deathly afraid of Homelander, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, Oh, definitely. They're like all in the hall. Like that conversation between the deep and a train in the hallway was amazing. You know, where they basically say like, how about I tell him you did this? How about I tell him you did that? You know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's really just like, everyone's basically surviving, trying to do whatever they can to survive Homelander. So well, it's crazy because, yeah, they went from, like, having that thing on blackmail that they could blackmail him. Right. And then when he came out, he was just like, F, he's just like, I'm changing everything. He's like, I'll say I what care. I want. Yeah. I'll do this. I'll, you know, now I'm the Starlight's girl or, you know, like, boy, like, whoa, everything is changing now. Yeah, it's honestly, I'm kind of, um, I don't know if they've said how long the show is going to go. I know they just, mm-hmm. uh, they just re-upped for, like, season four, renewed for a season four. Yep. Um, but is it just me or are you getting the vibe? Like, I don't know how you go. Well, so let's say season, if season four is the end, then I'm like, I, I could understand. But like, if you're going past season four, I'm not sure. I don't know what you do with Homelander. Like, I feel like you're getting to, you're reaching the point of Homelander's story ending because you're putting all the characters in this situation where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, look, everyone's realizing like, this guy's the most dangerous. Like, we got to take this guy out. And you can't just keep pushing that as like the theme for two more seasons. You know what I mean? Like, um, I feel like we're getting to a breaking point with Homelander this season. So, yeah. And didn't I forget? Didn't they say that they're doing like a spinoff series? They're they're supposed to do the Varsity, which is basically like kind of what I was talking about. It's um, one of the uh, smaller uh, soup teams that mm. um, you know are kind of like coming up and w- whatever they're supposed to be. I'm actually looking on Wikipedia right now. Um, interesting enough, one of the reoccurring characters is Patrick Schwarzenegger, okay. Arnold's son, who apparently actually he, uh, I saw an article about this. He actually tried out or auditioned for the role of Homelander. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm wondering if they're going to like take a year off or it'll be like season three and then we're going to get that or maybe a season four and then the, then the spinoff and then it kind of branches it together, you know, instead of maybe them running back to back or like, yeah. Once the boys ends, then you'll have this a whole other series. But yeah, um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen for for all these characters because I don't know. You know, obviously you said like they're obviously with they're bringing in hero gasm and all that. So yeah, that's episode six, man. That's gonna be yeah, insane, so we're right around the dude. corner for that one. So. <laughs> like if you think the if based on the comics, it's hard. I mean, I don't even know what to expect anymore. Like I did not expect the first 15 minutes to see a shrinking superhero going the urethra of a penis and mm-hmm. pleasure from the inside. But if that's what happened the first 15 minutes and knowing what happens in like hero gasm in the comics. Oh my mm-hmm. God, dude. Like actually I read, um, where was it? I found a, here he goes. Kripke. So the, the showrunner mm-hmm. stated that hero gasm had the craziest dailies he had ever seen and that people were not ready to watch it. <laughs> so, um, all right. It's going to be insane, I think. Hmm. But well, I we got four more episodes for season three. Uh, we'll, of course, do our final review in a few weeks. Uh, probably, obviously, that'll be like the end of early June, early July. So, uh, so, quick question. Yeah. Out of all the shows we have out, like now, comic book ash related. So, yeah, Boys, Ms. Marvel, Obi Wan. Um, am I missing any? Those are the only really the three that are out right now, right? How do you rank the three? Yeah uh boys like number I'm... one wow okay cool yeah good. yeah good. good call good call boys number one um 
I don't know, man. I don't really want to talk about Miss Marvel yet. So I just want to say, I'm well, we're only two in. Yeah, we're only two. Yeah, in. we're so only two in, and we still got, is, and we have one more left for Obi Wan. Yeah. So my real Obi-Wan's question is, really... do you take boys over Obi Wan? As of now, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's... but also the Obi Wan's not really a comic. I mean, that's of course. I mean, more yeah. fantasy. Like, I guess if you had a DC show on, and that I'll probably talk about next week. I'll talk about a DC show next week, but yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think. Obviously, I would pick the boys over a lot of shows that have been on like Dis- uh, Disney Plus. Right. Uh, yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess uh, excuse me. I guess I meant like weekly. These are the three shows we have out. Which one are you looking forward to watching each week the most? And I think well, for if they all came out also. at the same time, if they all came out on Wednesday, immediately I'd watch Obi Wan, and then I would watch the boys, and then because spoiler stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah, I have to. That too. <laughs> I'm hating. Side note: I'm hating this. Uh, double wednesday with ms marvel and obi-wan because it just makes it like once i get past wednesday then i'm like god damn it you know like i gotta wait till friday mm-hmm. you got the boys and then after that i'm waiting all the way till wednesday again well it's it's funny like i actually just started re-watching loki and really? i haven't seen that series yeah i haven't seen that series since i watched it when it first you know launched i was like one and done and now i'm like mm-hmm. going back and trying to just like watch it and obviously now it's like no anticipation for mephisto to come out so <laughs> Um, He's going to show up in the boys, dude. Herogasm. <laughs> I'll be in herogasm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get to our final article and then we're going to get uh, to what are we currently reading. So, of course, we're, we are, you know, kind of talking about Obi-Wan. One more final episode for Obi-Wan on Disney Plus. But this is really interesting. This was just posted a couple days ago. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming to select theaters both in Canada and United States. So if you live in a city that they're actually doing this, um, you actually may have a chance. So over at Collider.com, especially in Canada, Canada actually gets a nice little added benefit. They have it coming to theaters with a Q&A featuring Hayden Christensen and Deborah Chow. And that's coming next week. So with this thing that they're doing in theaters, it's actually a mini marathon or marathon of the whole, all six episodes. So you basically go to the theater, you get to watch all six episodes, which is about, they, they kind of timed it around five hours, a little over five hours. And then in Canada, you get a little Q&A, which is pretty awesome. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem that, you know, it's going to be streaming to other countries that, you know, like us here in the States, we're only going to be able to get just the six episodes. Now, would you go and sit five hours in, in the movie theater and watch this? No, I don't think I would. And I think, am, am I wrong? Um, I feel like I read or I heard somewhere that it was, you're actually, it's working up to the last seat, the last episode, right? So like, it'll, it kind of like, you have to go watch the first five, then the last one comes out. Yes. Right. Okay. So, um, no, I wouldn't do that, dude. No way. I mean, it's, it's good. Like I'm enjoying it. I think, like I said, I'm, I'm still not to uh, no spoilers past our mid season review. I, I still have found from episodes one through three that it's a little underwhelming. I wouldn't mm-hmm. sit through five hours of that. God, no. I don't know. It's, if and I don't had feel breaks, like the special effects, I don't feel like the special effects are like good enough that I'm like, oh man, I'd love to see this in, you know, the big screen. Cause that would be the other tipping point, right? It would be like, oh man, I'd love to see big screen lightsaber battles. There hasn't yeah. been many of them. So, um, I think yeah, it'd be no. interesting just to like sit there in uh, a big theater, huge TV screen, you know, nothing. Obviously, even when you watch it at home, there's like all this stuff that's around you. But it be, it just immerses you in that Star Wars universe. I get like, what you're saying. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I have used to sit on. I don't know if you did like when 
when they did the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Sitting there for three hours plus four hours for Return of the King. It's just amazing. You know, like, so for sitting there for five hours to watch straight Obi-Wan in like a movie format. So I, I think I'd be more I'd be more likely to watch The Mandalorian. Because that's the other thing that I feel like Obi-Wan is, and I'm not saying this as a, a dig on Obi-Wan, mm -hmm. is, and, and I'm saying this in terms of like seeing things on the big screen, is we're not seeing a ton of lightsaber battles. You're not seeing any like uh, air air warfare, you know, with like mm -hmm. ships and flying yeah, around. Like, we're stuff, not yeah. seeing, we're not seeing a lot of those visual cues that are like so famous to Star Wars. Like you're seeing a lot of dialogue and story. Um you know, and like playing out. Yeah, there's been some cool like the the planets they've been on have been decent. I mean, we also have kind of got. I mean, I mean, how many times do I got to see a goddamn desert planet in Star Wars? I mean, Christ, <laughs> how many are there? So, um, I don't know, dude. I don't think so. I don't think I would. I don't think okay. visually it's there for me. Right. Interesting. Well, I think that it's a good idea, though. It's a great idea. What? Oh, it's yeah, it's definitely oh, cool. It's I mean, they fun. they do yeah. this all the time, and and surprisingly, um coming in july and you know for anybody who's a transformers fan july 10th and the 14th they're re-releasing uh transformers the michael the first michael bay movie oh, cool. or like fathom events and like i'm a big i'm a big lover of like the fathom events when they do these things like yeah they'll have like you know a few shows they've i've done it over the years they've done like ghostbusters they recently did it i think during covid i want to say they did for transformers animate the animated movie of course, they did it for Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, the 40th anniversary. And it's cool. Like, if you've never seen these movies in the theaters or if you haven't seen them in forever, mm -hmm. you're used to watching it on a small screen. Like, I'm totally buying tickets for Transformers to see the first one again in theaters. Like, I saw that movie, I think, of all the Transformers and even movies in general, that was the movie that I saw the most. Like, I think I saw it like three times within like a week and a half. And then like a month later and then... I would see it as many times as possible. And then IMAX came out. It re got re-released in IMAX. And I drove up to like Palisades, New York. People who know the area, Palisades Park Mall. And they have a big IMAX there. Yeah. It was like the closest one for me. And seeing that in an IMAX theater was just like mind blown. So I'm excited. I kind of want, I can't wait to go see the big transforming robots again in July. <laughs> Sweet. So let's kind of get on to, of course, ending the show with what are we currently reading? Of course, anything that we're always talking about comic book related stuff whether it's new series old series or just something that we're just picking up for the first time so uh zach what do you got on what are we currently reading so you know justin and i kind of talked about this offline um this week was like there was a lot of things came out but it didn't really i didn't feel like anything necessarily like popped for me like it was like oh man it was so good a lot of, i mean they were all good it was just it felt like a lot of like um progressing the story issues so um, first before I want to kind of, I don't want to get in, I don't want to call it hot garbage, but I've been meaning to bring this up with you and I just haven't said it yet is dude, I read, and I, I you mentioned it on a mm -hmm. prior episode, the last bot standing, that shit's hard to read, dude. Like yep. that, it is not very good. Am I wrong? The first issue was good, right? Cause it ah. kind of sets up like this world of like the last bot, like you're trying to figure out who it is. I, I figured out who it is very early. Right. Like I figured out, I thought it who it was who's who it was and it was cool like he's on a planet with all these like human humanoid type Ask. people and of course yeah, right. the, like one robot comes and he kills him and then that's it but yeah that second issue i it's just i feel like on. there's a lot there's a lot of dialogue between characters that i don't i don't give two shits about 
like they're all new characters though it's like right. way in the future of like a transformers well lore. i'm even talking about the people on the planet that aren't bots oh that's I mean? yeah like i'm just like ugh, what the hell like move past this you know um you're really paying for words in that issue so. you are there is a ton of dialogue <laughs> in that and honestly like not to and i know you're a massive transformers guy so i don't want i'm not trying to like shit on it but no no it's fine it's it's also coming after the last ronin which yes. was done phenomenally it's kind of it's a tough it's tough to follow so well yeah that's what i thought you know we talked about it a preview about it way before it was going to come out and yeah i was excited for the series and it is not the last bot standing at all right yeah so um anyway so pick of the week i got and i won't go into too much depth because like i said there wasn't anything that really stood out to me like big time but twig number two um i'm really enjoying twig i think it's fun a fun series by um scotty young and it's you know little mini 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 series it feels like i, I think I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago it feels like a video game in a way like like the the journey and the quest and everything and mm-hmm. um i like the dynamic between the two characters twig and his little uh amoeba dinosaur guy i don't know what the thing that, are you reading this at all i read issue one and i got where you were going with like the whole zelda thing when you yeah, said right? it yeah um, I, like- I haven't read issue two though so i'm a little okay. behind so he's got like that little partner that like looks like a I don't know, like some kind of like organism that also kind of looks like a mini brontosaurus or some shit. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's funny. Like I, I'm enjoying that. Um, and then I also really liked Grim Number Two. It was great. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for how this story is going um, and what's going to happen next. And then finally, um, you mentioned it earlier, man. Kill Lock, Artisan Wraith. Uh, I think it was issue four, right? Yeah. Um, was awesome, dude. Um, Livio's the first two miniseries were amazing and I was kind of like ah, how how can it get better and mm-hmm. honestly like this season or this series is uh like introducing the new characters the resolve class you get a little bit more finding out about the resolve class in this issue as well and we're obviously getting more about the uh the wraith class as well and uh yeah dude awesome awesome stuff so it's pretty that's pretty wild like the just the artistry is just amazing. The covers are great too. And right. like you said, just them expanding that Livio expanding that world is just something that I, that I loved. And that's what everybody wanted after the first series. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. who's this, you know, what does this right. have to do with? But right. um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome picks. That's it. That's yep, you, that's it. You got. Um, so for me, uh, a couple issues, honorable mention, I don't want to talk about grim cause you already talked about it. Great issue. Um, Batman urban legends, number 16 uh, kind of puts, some a couple storylines to bed of course if anyone's reading the batman urban legends typically it's like three or four stories this issue kind of wraps up the batman and zatanna story which was really nice to see of course i'm a huge zatanna fan so that was like a five or six part of that started back in issue 10 and then you had the the latest kind of ending of the new birds of prey which is something that we talked about several months ago which started back in uh, issue 14 of urban legends and the only story that I really wasn't too fond of was, of course, the Ace the Bat Hound. But, you know, that's to each his own. Uh, another honorable mention. Um, I know you're not going to like this, but Naomi season two, uh, issue number four, finally is like really picking up this series. Who's writing it? Uh, of course. Is it Bendis? Is, yeah. is anyone else allowed to write him? I wasn't sure. No, I, I mean, he, it's him and Jamal Campbell. And, okay. and uh, I think it's Dennis Walker is the um colorist but yeah it's the same people that did season one like the original series so but no um it, it's such a badass issue like uh d who's obviously also in was in the show the season one and done uh is also you know in this and he's he's a thanagarian and he actually goes to naomi's planet and he ends up meeting 
uh, this guy uh, Zambato and he, like his group of characters, and they're like cool, they're badass looking, and he basically gets the crap kicked out of him. Somehow gets back to Earth, and it's just really interesting because you get like a very good dynamic between D and Naomi, mm-hmm. um, of course. And there's no Justice League around, right? Because that's what's going on in the current DC universe. There's no Justice League where Superman, where's Wonder Woman, so she has to kind of like help him in a way. And uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with these next two issues because it's really finally bringing her world into the DC world, which is something that they've been teasing for quite a long time. But um, my pick of the week, and luckily I was able to find a copy because my local comic shop sold out of it. And I didn't even know about this. It's from Image Comics. It's called Do a Powerbomb. And okay. of course, immediately, like when you think about it, I go do a powerbomb. I was like, is it wrestling related? He goes, yeah, like a shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's so. Right. But um, yeah, so do do a powerbomb. Um, of course, you know, when there's like a new series, I always like to read kind of little synapses. So it just came out this week. So Lona Steele Rose, who wants to be a pro wrestler, but lives in the shadow of her mother's successful before her but everything changes when a wrestler obsessed necromancer asks lona to join the grandest and most dangerous pro wrestling tournament of a lifetime so um yeah it's really interesting it's very interesting uh it's done real quick let me just find this because i don't want i want to make sure everyone gets this so it's uh it's written by daniel warren johnson he's also the artist as well so he's writing and doing the art and of course quote unquote creator um but yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, I mean, I'm not big into wrestling anymore. So mm-hmm. when he told me it's sold out, I was just like, all right, maybe I should go pick this up. It's still like cheap. It's like four bucks on eBay. So if anybody's listening, when you're listening to this and you want to read something and maybe your shop didn't order this, maybe you want to check it out. So uh, like I said in the synopsis, something happens to uh, Lona's mother. Uh, she becomes a wrestler just like her mom. And then there's this cool like necromancer who basically is telling her that, hey, um, doing this tournament. It's kind of like a mortal combat. <laughs> um, and then it kind of ends with, you know, uh, kind of like a wish that something can happen with, with Lona if uh, she survives and I guess wins this tournament. So it's again, one issue in really interesting. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, you didn't know about this and you want to read a, something because obviously this is something that typically Denver comes out, right? We never get wrestling type of comic books unless it's, I, I like how the writers like, Hmm, what can I do for an idea? I got it. I have a wrestling obsessed necromancer, <laughs> like, the, like the character you never thought you were going to see in comics. But hey, awesome. Well, it's really interesting because at the end of the issue, you know, like usually on the back, you get like sometimes they throw like galleries or show all the covers or kind of like people that write in like notes and stuff. Right. Um, the last page, it he actually talks about how he created this series. Hmm, um and it was like, like those yeah yeah it's really awesome basically you know long story short it, it started in 2018 um and it's about his daughter and he how like she refused to go to sleep and he was like just talking to her and they were talking about wrestling and for the longest time he never you know he never really watched like he wouldn't let her watch it but he remembers growing up watching like the like the pro wrestling in japan mm-hmm. and then like he kind of he kind of got out of it, but now like talking to his his daughter about it. And again, it goes back. I don't want to really read this whole article to you, but it, it's really interesting. I, you know, and I like that when they, when the creator tells you of like how it, how Where it created from. itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cool. yeah, do a power bomb number one from image comics. So nice. um, just an interesting take on a new series. I'll, I'll probably end up sticking with it. Cause it's something that's not superhero related or horror. 
or fantasy. It's mm-hmm. it's wrestling. So um, that's my pick for what are we currently reading. Um, that's it for myself here on the Comic-Con podcast, season two, episode 24. Of course, if you're listening to this early enough, you can find me probably sometime this weekend doing whatnot sales, nemesis underscore prime. Zach, what about you? Anything upcoming other than we have booked Terrificon? Booked it. Yep. Flights. I haven't bought the ticket yet for the con, but well, it's sold that's out. That's the then. last. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, nothing really coming up with me, but I might have a continuing segment weekly based on new news. And it's uh, the Ezra Miller uh, watch watch list. So just keep everyone updated on. I, I told Justin as well offline. My prediction is we do not see the Flash movie. I don't think we're going to end up seeing this Flash movie. <sighs> I feel um, like we should bet on that. I actually would be down for a bet on it. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'd have no problem losing, but I think we should, we'll, we'll discuss, what do you say? 50 bucks? You want to bet? Or let's do, when's it supposed to come out? Eggs and boards? I don't even know. Next year now. Because it, it was supposed to be this year, even prior to all the stuff that went down with yeah. him. But now it's next year because I was, of... I was trying to see if we could bet something that like could be payable during Terrificon or something. But maybe we'll, oh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll think about it. We'll come up with an idea, but we're going to do a bet. <laughs> so... um Anyway, long story short, Ezra Miller is basically on the run right now with a young girl that he's been grooming, apparently, according to her parents. And um, they've been trying to do serve a court order on him and they can't find him. And he did pop back up on social media for a little bit. And just to check in, just no, like he wrote, dude, no, really, like it's crazy. Look it up after this. He got on social media and posted, like basically on his story, I think on his, I think it was Instagram. It was just like, mm-hmm you can't find me. I'm in another universe. Like like weird weird shit, dude. Like this guy has issues, bro. Um, so yeah, Ezra Miller still out there. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's a Miller watch. And maybe I should start throwing in some fancy, the the flash watch. Yeah. Flash watch. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us for uh, season two, episode 24, and we will catch you next week. Peace out. Later, everybody.